0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to EdSoul, a podcast for educators by educators. Each episode, we bring you insights, techniques, and strategies rooted in research that you can put into practice in your classroom right away. I'm your host, Rachel Logan. Hey, soulmates! We are back to continue this conversation about envisioning the future of what education could look like in our region and beyond. We're gonna build on our conversation that we had last episode with Troy and Tammy. They were focusing around career and technical education. And today I am joined by my friends and SourceWell colleagues, Maggie Valesco and Amy Schoblad, And both these two are connected to some of our career consultant programming.
1: So, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hello. It's an honor to be here to represent Sourcewell and the Queer Consultant
0: Program. Yes, I can't wait to hear more about it. So, um, the first verse voice that you heard was Maggie, and you may recognize her voice. She was on our student engagement episode with Julie Benson. Um, I don't know, towards the beginning of season two, but um, so. Maggie has agreed to come back. So it's always nice to have a returning guest on Ed Soul. <laughs> that I am. <laughs> so um, I'll introduce Maggie first, and then I will introduce you to the second voice that you heard, which is Amy. And um, we'll get to hear a bit about both the two different lenses and expertise that both of them bring to their positions. So Maggie has been in education for 15 years The first 10 were spent as a high school math teacher before shifting to education consulting with Sourcewell. She has now been at Sourcewell for four years with a focus on educational technology and career pathways work, which is what we're going to lean into today. Uh, She also co-owns two businesses in the service industry and is working on her doctoral dissertation entitled More Than a Score, Examining Career Readiness in Greater Minnesota High Schools. That sounds very interesting. It is. Are you going to pull some of that in today, maybe? Um, maybe. Okay, no pressure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. My uh, Her professional title is our student solutions and lead consultant, and most of her work focuses on develop- developing student-centered programs and supporting the consultants assigned to those programs. So, happy to have you back and share from that seat. Yes. And the second voice that you heard was Amy, and we're excited to have you on EdSolve for the first time sharing your expertise. I'll tell you a little bit about her background. Uh, Amy is a career consultant with SourceWell, and she is embedded within Brainerd High School. She started with SourceWell two years ago and previous to that had three years of career consulting experience, equating to over five years of experience in this field. Prior to this, she was in human resources and finance, which aligns really well with her current role. So we actually talked in our last episode, too, about the importance of having industry and field experience in an educational role. So you are living proof of why that is such a great thing. (laughs) She's also served on the Region 5 Development Commission and the ISD 186 School Board. Uh, In her free time, she enjoys increasing her professional credentials by pursuing a teaching license. All right, Amy, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Coming down the hall, (laughs) all the way down the hall to the podcast studio. All right. So we are building on this conversation, right? We said we started with getting kind of that picture, the big picture from Megan Dayton, the senior demographer um, at the state level, what's going on in Minnesota, Next, we heard from Troy and Tammy who are kind of talking and positioning us and how we continue to re-envision thinking about career and technical education. And today I um, am excited to dive into thinking about, we just keep kind of narrowing it down a little bit, into your work with um, career consulting. And so as I do with all of our guests, like to start with, kind of grounding us in our why. So what makes you personally connected to this role or um, this pathway of education, if you will?
2: Um, and whoever wants to start first can jump right in. Sure. I'll jump in. Um, and I have I have permission to share this, but I always bring up my husband, but I want to say he has <laughs> given me permission to share That's this. always a good idea. Yeah, always a good idea. Um, what makes me connected to this is I... I didn't have a view of different paths and options. It was pretty much you're going to college, you're going to four years of college, it's probably going to be a private college, this is just what's going to happen, that's your choice, That that's not your choice really, that's what we're choosing for you. Mm-hmm. And I assumed that's kind of what everyone else did, like yeah. that was the goal and that's how it was supposed to be. And then I met my husband who just couldn't wait to get out of high school. It just didn't work for him. He was out doing um work. I don't know how to say it, work release, it sounds like, but, you know, he was out working.
1: <laughs> Is that the part you have permission to share? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> he was not in trouble. He was just out working. <laughs> and, you know, now he owns two businesses. He runs two businesses and he's got, you know, eight, nine, ten employees at seasonal work. So it fluctuates. But he's doing all the office work. He's actually one of the employees doing the work. He's And I just think had he had any sort of exposure to any of that in school, he might have connected with it more deeply and thought, I want to do this next because that's where I want to go. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I want to end up doing. Versus he couldn't wait to get out of there to go mow lawns Mm -hmm. and do that outside work. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of led into this, Mm -hmm. you know, business Mm -hmm. came up for sale. Yep, I want to buy it with my brother and now I'm going to do that. And so I just, I think of how many how many kids out there and grown adults at this point, same path. Like they just didn't know they had options, didn't know that this was something or maybe it was even, they were made to feel like it was taboo if mm-hmm. they didn't want mm-hmm. to go to college. Yeah. Um, and I have a kindergartner this fall. So now it's kind of coming full circle of what's her experience going to be like and what is it that I hope it is and isn't like. Mm. And I, I want her to know that there are all sorts of options out there instead of, had you asked me like, I don't know, six years ago, when you have kids, can they not go to college? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. They sure. will go.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: But it's just t- totally changed my perspective on how education should and could be um, to meet the needs of more than just four-year college goers.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Amy, how about you? What's yes, your why? And I love this question. So back in high school, I had absolutely no Excuse me. Um, Back in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I enjoyed high school, and I probably enjoyed it a little bit too much because my (laughs) focus was really on socializing. Mm -hmm. Um, Very little intentional post-secondary planning. Um, In fact, my post-secondary plan was to go to go to college Mm -hmm. and continue my socializing. Yeah, great place to do it. But it really I always admired my friends and those few people who knew what they wanted to do. Um, while I, I do really wish the same for our youth, reality is that most high school students really do not know mm. exactly what they want to do after high school. And you think about it in the state of Minnesota alone, there's more than 2.8 million jobs. Mm and jobs that probably don't even exist yet. Right. Um so it's really no wonder why our students struggle with that big decision. So my why really stems from my genuine interest in helping students explore and understand their interests and their abilities. There's just so much power in that knowledge, and if you couple that self-awareness with intentional career experiences, I believe we'll will have better prepared students mm-hmm. and They'll graduate from high school with increased confidence. Nice. Uh, So this is not a prepared question, but do
0: do, do students still want to be YouTube stars? Is that what everybody wants to do or is that...
2: Fading out. (laughs) It's still a thing. I think it's called an influencer. influencer Sorry, excuse me. It has a title now. Okay. It's an influencer.
0: All right. Yes. Might be more in the middle school level, but yeah, influencers. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Number one career goal. Um, Maybe if we have a pathway about that, you can share later. All right, so let's let's just talk about what this program is. So Sourcewell offers a career consultant program. And of course, in the show notes, I'll you know get connections to resources mm-hmm. um, if folks are wondering how how this might connect to their own journey and work. But can you, um, Maggie, I'm going to start with you, just start with kind of like a high level. How did this program get started? Um, and then how do your roles uh, look the same or different connected to the career program? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so the Career Consultant Program actually came from two really great programs that were launched off of our innovation funding, which we don't have anymore. So we had our innovation funding and Bridges Academies and then Rural Minnesota SEP Career Advisors were two programs. Bridges Academies was really about that um, pathway creation. So students were experiencing classes in a sequence. There were specific tours or visits they had to engage in um, to then graduate from that particular academy. And they may be recognized with a cord or a certificate, but then um, it was stated that they graduated from that academy. And then the rural Minnesota SEP career advisors were really the embedded work of supporting schools in scheduling their job fairs and getting information about college and FAFSA and all the things out, supporting kids kind of on the day-to-day in the schools all around CCR, you know, Career and College Readiness. So we took those two wonderful programs and we blended them into this career consultant program. And so now this program um, takes those two things but focuses on building kind of that systems um, structure around how do we ensure all students have the opportunity to graduate career and college ready. We're really focusing heavily on the career readiness piece. Um, So we're leaning on some national metrics Uh, called Redefining Ready that have their research-backed, research-based around what are the things, what are those tipping points that when students achieve this, they are considered or do that much better um, out in the real world with careers, college, wherever they're going to go. So the program is built off of those metrics. And so my kind of role with this is just to help Continue to build the structure of the program itself in a collaborative way with our with our consultants in real time that it's being implemented in our schools. <laughs> so we're we're finding out what's working and what's not working right away, which mm-hmm. is kind of great. Mm-hmm. And um, then to support consultants and schools kind of on an individual basis of where where they may be heading and what they might need um, direction on next or, or how I can help out basically in the next next phase.
0: Nice. Yeah. Thanks for that
1: background. Yeah.
0: Amy, how about um, from your seat? What does your role look like connected to the program?
1: Yes. So as a career consultant, I'm embedded in the Brainerd High School. So I'm in one of the many schools that we have the career consultant program in. I really see my role as a connector and a facilitator. um, So I have the fortune, again, of working within the Brainerd High School. And I get to work with the administrators, with staff, I get to partner with our business and organizations within the community, um, higher education, and most importantly, um, connect with the students. So, as it relates to partnering with administration and staff, I would say that most of the work um, within this second year has been developing the career pathways at the Brainerd High School. Um, in regards to connecting with businesses, and organizations, um, really just partnering with them to identify opportunities to connect with students. Um, we're, we're really trying to ensure that our students are aware of all the different career opportunities that are out there. And we have so many generous uh, business owners within our community that are willing to, to partner with our students and tell them about their careers. Um, I would also say that we In our work with higher education, we're really working with them to help remove barriers for our students. Um, And then my favorite role, of course, is helping students Mm. um, and really preparing them for what does life look like after high school. Um, So researching what are their interests? What are their aptitudes? um, Looking at what are some of the barriers that they may be experiencing? How can I connect them to resources to reach their post-secondary goals? um and really creating intentional career experiences so when i go back to to my why i had really no intention in high school <laughs> other than socializing and so this program just does a really great job of creating experiences for students to explore and when they explore they might think you know i really thought i wanted to be a teacher not to pick on teachers but <laughs> but you know what i I don't think this is the perfect fit for me. And that mm-hmm. success, success, as well as if we have a student that go goes out into the community, um, working in an internship, and they really find that this really is my jam. Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is success as well. Yeah.
0: So I thought two things while you were talking. First of all, you are using that socialize your connector in your role right now just think if you would have had somebody that said so you love connecting people and ideas and places there are jobs where you can do that so anyway I just thought that kind of came right around (laughs) um and then the other thing that I thought about is I I know a handful of people that you know just like you said thought okay I want to be a teacher." Go all the way, do all the coursework, do everything. And what's the last thing that you do is student teaching, right? And then you graduate mostly. That's kind of how the mm-hmm. path goes. Yes, I, I know, know that. so because... many people that did their student teaching and went, Mm-mm, mm-hmm. nope. And then they were like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> now what do I do? So, I mean, mm-hmm. what a gift to give people. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, too. But the opportunity to start doing some of that exploring and kind of testing out before you're... At the end, feeling like it's do or die. Like, well, I guess I better absolutely take the plunge here. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I mean, we heard a little bit again about Maggie. You shared some of the background of how the programming came together, mm-hmm. um, but why this? Why this program? And and then. I, this is what I always do. I come up with like seventeen questions. I'm going to fire seventeen at you, and then see if you can remember the first one. Ready? <laughs> uh, yeah. So why? But I was also thinking too, Amy, when you were speaking. Um, you know, if who does that? Then if they, if a school doesn't have a career consultant, which might fit into the why the need
2: for the program. Mm-hmm. So I'll just stop and let you respond to that question. Why this program? Well, I think you know the why of the program starts with we're just. We're seeing a disconnect. We're seeing that there's jobs out there that we don't have people prepared for Mm -hmm. or that people don't know about. I mean, when you think about how many jobs are available, um, but where do you go? How do you find them? And Mm -hmm. so we're seeing that disconnect in the traditional structures of school Mm -hmm. where you go to your core classes, you graduate, and then you go to college. Like I kind of mentioned before, that's really not in line with what we're needing right now or what we're seeing we need in terms of our workforce. So there's just that kind of disconnect there because we're not, we're not preparing kids and opening doors and thinking for them before they're gone and Mm -hmm. in the world and in the workforce expected to be in the workforce. Um, And so what this program supports is all that work that needs to be done because who's going to do it then? Mm -hmm. That's the thing is, I mean, we're, we've got teachers that are you know they've got to teach their content. They've got to teach their grade level. We've got counselors who have tons and tons on their plate. Right. And That's CCR yep. tends to be the you know like the last thing you can get to when mm. you you're working with kids in potential mental health crisis or. Right. You know, and so,, um, or they get stuck in schedule changes exactly. land forever yes. and ever, yeah, you're stuck <laughs> in schedule changes, and so you know it's it's who's gonna do it, who's there mm-hmm. um I think often too, our counselors have somewhere between you know three hundred and fifty to five hundred kids to one counselor, and you're telling me that one counselor can go through and figure out what every kid's passion might be. Mm-hmm. so we just don't have like a system or a structure that really distributes that work, and so. Um, Having the career consultant there, that's kind of where they're starting. And then one of the other structures is work-based learning, which Amy talked about getting out of the school to go do an internship or do an apprenticeship. There's very strict guidelines around what – that can look like. Mm. And so our career consultants uh, the intent is having them have their work-based learning license so that they can then leave the high school building mm. instead of it being an educator that's you know on assignment teaching other classes they can leave the building and go supervise these kids oh, on sure. their sites you know mm-hmm. on their apprenticeship or internship sites which is really hard to release an educator to go do that work. Mm-hmm. You know many mm-hmm. of our schools have somebody with that license but to release is really hard. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's the career consultants are really filling a lot of gaps that, by no fault to anyone, are just there for most of our schools in our state, in our country. Um, and so, Region Five is really lucky to have these Definitely. career consultants embedded in their schools.
0: Well, and so you talked about it's, you know, you're using national metrics, mm-hmm. re- research backed, research based. So there's, some um standard structure there mm-hmm. but we know all of our regional schools function a little bit differently, differently. right that there's yeah. going to be a different kind of culture or vibe so how does it look you know how, from school to school and then Amy maybe if this is where you can kind of like you said you're in the Brainerd public school district so maybe you can walk through you know what a typical day week month looks like from yours and then Maggie if you can color into maybe mm-hmm. or you talk to your other fellow career consultants how the program is also tailored to some of those unique um, school district identities?
2: Yeah, our program our program is really all about we have the what you know the, the what is there the structure is there. So we have nine components we're focusing on. We've got personal um, learning plans, we've got career experiences, the impact metrics so we have. These, these identified components of the program, but the how is different. Mm. You know, each school, like you said, each school is unique. Each community is unique. Right. So career experiences in Bertha at Bertha Hewitt School may look completely different than the career experiences available for Brainerd students. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be really mindful that while we put the structures in place and we have the national metrics to lean on, the how we get there is going to be very, very different. But we all believe in the why, mm. and we all believe in the what. We know that the what's going to get us there. The how is just a little bit different from community to community. So Amy's in Brainerd. So,
1: yeah, Amy, do you want to share? Yes, and and I would just say to piggyback off of that, each school has a different strategic plan, mm-hmm. a different continuous improvement plan. They have different businesses and organizations within their community. So really the, the career consultants are – um coming alongside source as our um uh executive director so eloquently says, so really leveraging resources to maximize opportunities for all of our schools, mm-hmm. and they are very different mm-hmm. um so while the career consultants are very fortunate to to work in this role, our jobs look a little bit different mm-hmm. in terms of within the the school walls, right, yeah, and so you know a typical day for me um looks like Variety, which I really like. I've said a couple other words um, today, connecting and intentional. So really helping make connections with students about how how school, how high school relates to their post-secondary plans. So how does that core class that you're taking relate to a career that you might be interested after high school? Um, so really, really making those connections um, and and offering those experiences for students, uh, talking about the different career pathways. You know, at Brainerd High School, we actually have twenty three concentrations. Woo! Which I will say, I will quote my colleague Kevin. Um, he often says, um, "It's a buffet of options." Sure. <laughs> um, so. Really students, love a good buffet. I know, <laughs> and students can study honestly everything from aviation. There's architecture. There's welding. We're recognizing students for performing arts and world languages. Um, welding education, law enforcement, healthcare, um, video productions. A lot of opportunity for our students. So, um, I think I said that earlier too. Really connecting with those students, um, is what I absolutely enjoy. Um, And again, speaking out, you know, communicating with businesses. We recently had a a job fair for Warrior Day at BHS and had about 30 employers there and had the opportunity to network with them. Part of their evaluation was what kinds of skills should we what kind of skills should we further prep our students to be prepared for Mm. um, the workforce and got some really great feedback from them. They also shared some really great feedback about how students were really engaged and, you know, networking with adults. So um, that's that that's so much fun to see.
0: And that's such a great example. I'm I'm going to keep tying these you know episodes together because they they're meant to be connected. But again, uh, we with Troy and Tammy, we had the conversation about not only having educators at the table around these decisions, but bringing in the community, which is what I hear you saying and. I'll keep previewing it. We have our our final episode in this little series is meeting with a leader of a community or a mayor, actually, about how that connects to the how we all work together. So I just it's all just layering so beautifully um, (laughs) as what works well and what what um, you know how you get that uh, network around students instead of. Like, if we just go back to like the counselor, you know, like the one person, or and we know that nobody's just dumping anything on one person, right? But how can we be even better about widening that base? Mm-hmm. It's Did you want to add something? No,
2: it takes a village.
0: Where is it's that? Just village. about really to say does. that. <laughs> yes. It really does. No, yes. <laughs>
2: There's that saying for a reason.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. I have had some things pop into my brain about as you were speaking some myths or misunderstandings about career planning or pathways programming. And I'll just say one, one thing that sometimes I hear is this idea that um, you, you all consultants are going to come in and, you know, tell schools what to do (laughs) and we're going to debunk that right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I, I hear you saying your role to come alongside and to be, a um, partner in making connections connected to a school's unique strategic plan or what their goals are or what their community makeup is um so i mean it could be connected to that that idea that i just threw out there um but any other misconceptions or misunderstandings that you have we, that you'd like to clear up for us around what it is or is not
2: yeah i that's a really good one about career consultants coming in and like they're just gonna do all the work. And that's just mm. what and then they're gonna tell you that you have to do this work. And yeah, that's a definite misconception. Um, one of the requirements of the program is that each school that participates has a career committee. And mm. that career committee is made up of the counselor, an administrator, um special ed teacher, classroom teachers, you know, at some point possibly business people and maybe even students, you know, like once you get further down and it's that group, that collective that is having the conversation that the career consultant is facilitating. Mm. So they're leading through this thought process and helping them come to the point of what is it that we value? What is it that we believe? What is it that we want to accomplish? You know, and how are we going to get there? And then they're taking that back. And that's usually where things maybe could fall off the rails of, okay, we had this great conversation, but who's going to help us execute? Mm-hmm. And that's that come alongside to support of now they have somebody there who can help execute, not not do all of the work mm-hmm. or be assigned to all of the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still deciding who's the owner for each of the tasks that are going to be done, but then they have that additional kind of oversight to say, you know, how are we doing on this? Or do you need any support? Can I connect mm-hmm. you with this? Um, which is often maybe the glue that is missing to keep things moving yeah. forward. Right. So. Everyone's plates are so full. Yes.
1: Right up. And so. I would add that we also have that lens of all of the separates. Or we have that lens of multiple schools within Region 5, mm-hmm. so we can share those be- best practices with mm-hmm. each of our schools. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, I believe, a lot of value in that as yeah. well.
0: Right. Because you want you want it to be unique to the needs that you're serving, but it's also like collaborative in the sense that you can lean on yes. kind of lessons learned from people mm-hmm. in a similar area. Right. OK, I'm glad that's a true statement because I said it like it was. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> true statement.
0: Yeah. Um. So, Maggie, you mentioned, you know, one of the what did you call it? Something that has to be in place before. Career committee. Yeah. Okay. There there has to be
2: a career committee of some type. Yeah.
0: Are there uh, any other conditions from a systems level that you think should be in place or recommended to be in place Mm -hmm. in order for this to be successful? Because I think, like anything, you know, education is notorious for grabbing the new thing and being like, okay, now Mm -hmm. we're going to do this. (laughs) Now we're going to have this. Ready, everybody go. And we haven't maybe created the conditions that are Mm -hmm. going to support the success of something that could be successful with the right setup. So you want to speak to that a little bit? The flavor
1: of the month versus a
0: sustainable program. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: let's chat about that. Yeah. There are a couple
2: different things. We have a career cohort that meet, like Career Pathways cohort, that meets um, four times a year. And this is, I should say, we met two times last year as we were getting the program off the ground. And then this year we've had basically a quarterly meeting. And the expectation is that the career committees then attend each of these cohort meetings to have significant planning time where they can sit down and say, what are quarterly priorities and how are we going to get there? What are action steps? And then there's also learning involved, professional learning during that time. So Mm -hmm. we'll dive into a specific metric or maybe one of the program components and say, well, what does this really say? Um, And Maybe how are we going to track it if it's a metric or where does this information live? Because I think those are some questions, too, of everybody has a different student information system. Everybody has a different, Mm -hmm. you know, learning management system. There's all these tools. um, And things live in there and it's messy. It's messy data. And, um, you know, so we dive in and have those conversations and leading them through who has access to what, who's aware of what, you know, just even culture conversations around do our students and families know that this is even available. It's a great program, but it's kind of the same directed towards the same group of students, you know, so they have those conversations. And then um, I had mentioned the systems piece of the student information system, learning management system, you know, our, our career consultants are in there and, and in the system so that they can connect with, Kids, So there are a few things around um, just expectation for efficiency that they are able to, you know, look up a student schedule and meet with them if they need to go through their their personal learning plan or their PLP, which is a Minnesota requirement Hmm. um, that all kids have. Um, So those are a few of kind of the things that we have in place as part of like the contract. Um, The other one is a student management system, which we are actually kicking off. This week, our School Links student management system. So, as part of the program, they are enrolling in um, having that management system at their nine twelve level, and then they have the opportunity to have it go down to you know kindergarten if they want to. Um, but that's where kids will do scholarships and tracking of their their own metrics their service learning mm-hmm. their you know credentials and certifications and so that's one of the expectations too is that they'll leverage that platform mm-hmm. to bring together staff families students and business because there's an aspect in there that's um, employers getting in and listing potential internships and apprenticeships and here's what this job is like mm-hmm. here's what you'd make in this job here's a video about this job you know all that information that students um, can have then at their fingertips. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So many
1: great pieces.
0: Yes. Good stuff. stuff. Amy, what else? Other things you want to add thinking about um, or maybe even that you've seen has helped with the success of what's happening in
1: Brainerd? To what Maggie said about the new online career college platform, pretty excited about how students will be entering all of the career experiences that they've encountered or experienced throughout high school. Um, and part of that is teaching students how to share with employers about the experience that they have. How do they market themselves? Mm. Um, so really excited about that, that nice. opportunity as well. And we talked about connections, really an intention. Everything is going to be in this new system. Mm. Um, everything for students to connect with employers in the community so mm. yeah we're really looking forward to the rollout of that
0: nice yeah it's just such great examples of student agency you know mm-hmm. of them being able to advocate for themselves track where they're going what they're doing um instead of feeling like you know they're being told or yeah or they're checking out <laughs> so. uh okay um so you had already mentioned a few times about how this program in particular works to reach all students. And so we'll have a good success story. Do you have any positive success stories that you would like to share? And or I'll attach this idea of um, maybe the success comes to this idea of being able to remove barriers for students that were traditionally in place for some um, and create a more equitable outcome for students. So give us some
1: good news. What do you... What are you seeing? I, I have a great example of an a, collect, a collective approach that we're taking to removing barriers. Um, it's in relation to the youth skills training program. So we were recently approved for funding for a youth skills training program within healthcare, um, and so it's designed to um, provide our students from multiple schools. So again, it's a, a collective approach mm. um, to learn about healthcare. So within that program, students will. Um, Receive funding, so removing barriers for certifications, Mm -hmm. for scrubs, for um, their CNA certification, transportation. So really excited about this program.
0: That's amazing. Um, It's all the way down to the uniform, you know, or the clothing piece, too. It's not just, here, we'll make a connection with you and then... Absolutely. Hope you can pay
1: for that, <laughs> right? And really, the plan for that to be sustainable. When you look at the healthcare industry, we're meeting dual needs, right? We're meeting the the needs of our students in introducing them to careers that are growing and with sustainable wages, and then we're also helping our community. We're responding to that mm-hmm. need within mm-hmm. our community um, of the shortage of workers, especially within the health healthcare industry. Yeah.
2: Nice. We, we have had a lot of really great conversation at many of our sites about this all students. And when we say all, it's like capital, underline, bold, you know, all, all, all. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and concern around, well, what do you mean all? Like, All, all? Special ed, all? Like, what do you mean all? So we have seen some really – and we're we're still in infancy and, like, getting ourselves going. You know, we're not even fully done with year two. But we are seeing some really great examples across the country about how they are leveling um, apprenticeships and how they're leveling internships. So it's not just about – Providing an experience and say, here you go, kid, here's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then what are the supports that you're building in mm-hmm. so that, yes, any student who might be interested in that has the opportunity to try it, mm-hmm. figure out if they like it or not, and have the support in place to really make it a worthwhile go, not yeah. just a, here, go try it, see what happens. And, and the experience ends up being more about a potential failure or more about, you know, fear than it is about figuring out if they really do like Mm. what that potential work is. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of gets misconstrued. So taking that and putting some supports in place so they can truly experience something and decide if it's for them or not. Yeah, that's a powerful shift from can you do this
0: to do I like this? Exactly. Does this fit my needs? Mm -hmm. Is this a match? Mm -hmm. Which – just to throw it out there, we're going to hear a little bit more about finding that match in our next episode <laughs> with the Meteor Guys. So we'll Ooh, yes. we'll continue to build on that theme. But um, yeah, oh god, I had one more thought. It Can I add a, another yes. success
1: story, please? So um, back to all students. I have a great example. Last year, I had the fortune of handing out green cords to our students who had completed the Bridges Career Academies at that time. Mm. Which will now be Warrior Career Pathways. Okay. And so many students were so excited. And um, I had one student that left um, my office and he had a, a friend and he said, I got one. I got one too. And I had another student that said, You know what? I'm usually not the one that gets recognized. Mm-hmm. So, really. Focusing on providing these opportunities for all students, not Mm -hmm. just the high fires, Mm -hmm. but all Mm -hmm. students. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, thank you. That rejogged my thought, too. That leveling the playing field, too, about, you know, the whole, like, it's not what you know, but who you know. You Mm -hmm. know, when you're saying we can provide these connecting opportunities and creating value around students that maybe feel like that's, there wasn't a place for me at the table before. or. People aren't seeing the gifts and talents that I have to offer, and now finding a way to match those to exactly. a way that they can make
1: a living. Mm-hmm. So, nice. And okay. a great example of that is is how we have expanded the career pathways and the concentrations. You know, we have mm-hmm. students that are now getting recognized for performing arts and yes. visual arts, and and the the areas that I mentioned earlier. Um, so it's it's very exciting. Nice. Mm-hmm. Could I also comment on one of your other questions about the myths? Oh, yeah. Okay. We don't want to leave anything out there. We don't (laughs) want people confused. Set us straight. (laughs) Um, One of the things that sometimes people think, a high school that has career pathways, they may think, gosh, it's really early for these kids to declare a pathway. Mm -hmm. So I want to stress that there's flexibility designed within the program. Um, And you think about it. Students struggle, right, with deciding what they want to do. Well, they're gonna. They could struggle with declaring a pathway too. Mm -hmm. So we're really stressing that there is flexibility. You try it out. You don't like it. There's flexibility to try another career pathway. So really wanted to stress that. um, Stress that. um, Yeah. No, I think that's super important
0: because that that comes up a lot too. That's come up in other conversations. So it's not like if I. I meet with you, and I decide I want to try something in the medical field as a ninth grader, and now I'm stuck with that. I mean that that's yeah. just like replicating <laughs> some of the problems we've yeah. already had, right? Right. So you're saying there's there's the ability to they're not going to take courses that will then penalize them later, right? Like it all exactly. It'll
1: all still work towards this ultimate. Graduation and yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we don't want to add to that stress. I mean, I work with a lot of high school seniors that are really struggling with. Oh my gosh, I have to find a career that I'm going to work in for the next Mm. forty years. Mm. (laughs) That's pretty stifling. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there is that. Yes, that flexibility. And 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 I tell students the average career changes in a lifetime now are about seven to ten. Wow. So you're not stuck. We're not stifling. Yeah. We are just creating exposure. Yeah, That's a huge shift, too, that Amy says that. I think it's
2: up to, you know, like around 35 and older, we were kind of in that you you go to a place and you work at a place and you mm-hmm. stay at a place. And that's that's how it is. And so mm-hmm. looking at resumes and seeing, you know, oh, why was this person here for two years and then at this spot for three years and that and really the generations that are after us. Not seeing that means there's not enough exploration or means that there's not enough Mm. interest in, you know, continuing to advance in their career Mm -hmm. versus just I find my one spot and I stay there. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's a mind shift that is really tricky right now because a lot Mm. of the employers are of maybe potentially that realm of they need to be somewhere for 12 years yeah, and that shows stability yeah. versus, you know, our workers are coming out now and the change in job mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. natural and mm-hmm. actually seen as a positive because it's an advancement, like continuing sure. to mm-hmm. grow um, in some way.
1: And so it might be two years. It might be three years. It yeah. might be four years at the yeah. most. Right. And I'm glad you said that because that brings out another component of the career consultant program is really we're... we're embedding within all of the career pathway courses and the experiences employability skills Mm. and communicating with students how how does the skill that you earned in this class or this team project or this job transfer to other jobs Mm. transfer to your future jobs Mm. plural Mm. or transfer to a job that doesn't even exist yet. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. And if if you want to be somewhere for 40 years.
0: Cool you yeah. know right like that yeah. but i think widening that lens right. that people don't feel like that's the only choice mm-hmm. that there's there's lots of choices out there too mm-hmm. that's so great yeah. um see your daughter's going to grow up in a Gosh, fantastic I world so.
2: i hope so <laughs> i think she will <laughs> oh,
0: all right so if you um you know if i'm an educator listening to this conversation right now and thinking this sounds really great. I, I want to be a part of this. I want more information. Uh, where would they start or what would you, you know, we already talked about you can't just grab something and mm-hmm. throw it in and run. There's a lot of intentionality that goes into these pieces. So what what would you
2: tell people? What, where should they start? I think in terms of the program, you know, starting, if, if the program is of interest, you know, reach out to your administrator. Um, they can be reaching out to their district strategy partner and having some conversation around how might the program fit with what other programs and goals that they might have. Mm -hmm. But I don't want that to deter anyone from thinking, I want to implement some things in my classroom or I want to, as a team, we want to try doing some things. You know, there are things that educators can do on every level. And uh, Amy just mentioned employability skills, you know, and we think about, I know they've been termed, Soft skills until really kind of this point where it's actually power skills. I mean, Mm -hmm. kids, when you know how to collaborate and communicate and be creative and work together in multiple spaces, face to face and virtual and, you know, in documents, shared documents, those are things that are power skills. They're not soft skills anymore. And so, you know, educators, how are you teaching those? How Mm -hmm. are you? providing feedback for students around their ability to collaborate yeah. are you providing you know feedback around their ability to communicate in various ways and so those are some things that just even at the classroom level diving into resources that are on MDE they have an, a nice career and college readiness site that has some domains and competencies mm-hmm. that they could be exploring and saying well how do i think about putting some of these into my curriculum or how do i create a career experience You know, as a math teacher, I never Mm, took the mm -hmm. time to say, here's how what we're learning applies to something other than engineering. (laughs) Since that was always, oh, I'm taking calculus because I want to be an engineer. Sure. There's so much more. You know, there's math in construction. There's math in electrical work. Like, there's just, there's math everywhere. But I didn't take the time to say, Mm -hmm. here's how it connects to something. And here's how it connects to another thing and another thing. And so um, just at the classroom level, there is so much that you can be You can be doing and taking it one step at a time. Yeah. You know, what's the one small thing that
0: that's really helpful because. If you are in the classroom right now, this might sound like. Well, that that sounds like a great program, but I'm not in charge of program. I'm
2: not the decision maker. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't get to pick what our entire
0: system does, but you've just named some tangible things that you can do on that individual
2: level. Right. And you said, Rachel, we'll link in. Some pieces. Yes. So, yep. we in can our link in the redefining ready metrics, those Perfect. are our national metrics. And yes. you'll see that, you know, having an industry credential or a certification. So, thinking through what's something that's maybe connected to my classroom that I could. Share, you know, can they get a Google certification doing Mm -hmm. slides, docs, and sheets? Mm -hmm. That's a Mm -hmm. wonderful business-related certification that kids can be doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking through those indicators and saying, where do I offer opportunity with no barriers for kids to engage in, you know, activities related to achieving that particular indicator?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay, we will get those from you and share them. Amy, anything you want to add thinking about um – starting steps or
1: strategies that people could leverage? We know that not all school districts are lucky enough to have a service cooperative like SourceWell. So I would say starting with just embedding the the elements that we talked about today. So in all of the classes, embedding those um, employability skills or power skills that Maggie so eloquently stated Um, you know, incorporating career experiences really just within the culture of the high school. I think that's a really good start. And with with internships, schools all have jobs, right? So there's a food service department within Mm. the school, Mm -hmm. there is a tech department. And that's one of the ways that Uh, The Brainerd High School started internships was we have students Mm -hmm. that are interested in IT that are actually repairing Chromebooks that our students use. So that's a really great piece Mm -hmm. of advice, too, is just start from within. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: That just jogged. And I think another school that I was uh, just recently was talking about people interested in like an early childhood or Mm -hmm. child development partnering with their preschool. Yeah. You know, or like looking for ways. And then of course, you know, those preschool teachers are happy to have extra hands <laughs> yes. and help because have you been in a threes preschool? No, I taught high school <laughs> <laughs> for a reason. Bless those people. It they is are amazing. They are amazing. You're all amazing. Every yes. every educator comes with it. Um <laughs> It's high points and it's yes. challenges. Definitely. Well, and,
1: and what a great way for our educators, right? Our schools are filled with teachers mm-hmm. to really market and promote and encourage students to yes. go into this career. It's a challenging career, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't think of anything that's more rewarding.
0: Yeah, no, especially with, well, there's shortages everywhere, mm-hmm. but we are also in that category. So, yeah, right. that's a great point. All right. Any final words? Um, something that you are reading watching listening that you want to recommend or um or just a word of advice what do you want to leave our listeners with today
2: such a good question i'm i'm not going to leave you with read some of the research i've been reading for my dissertation read maggie's <laughs> dissertation paper I, I would say we'll I, link it just I kidding have, yes <laughs> I've been reading a lot of fiction to balance the ah, research out. But yes. I think I just go back to um again that's what's that one what's that one small thing you can do to open potentially an enormous world that a student had no idea existed because you've taken that one small step. Just to share a piece of information to add something to your coursework to you know connect with a kid around what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? Yeah. You know, they may not even realize that their hobby can be turned into a career. Mm-hmm. So, what's the one small thing you can do to open up a student's eyes to a world that they didn't know
1: even existed? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Amy? Absolutely. And and teachers know when the high school students are stressed about that question when when they get asked, "What are you what are you going mm-hmm. to do after high school?" Mm-hmm. So simply asking like Maggie said, "What are your interests?" Yeah. What do you like to do? What are you good at?
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Well, it has been fun
0: and enlightening to have you both on EdSoul sharing a bit more about what you do day in and day out and how you support our regional schools. But also, you know, this is a national conversation um, and we know we have many schools state, well, across the state and um, throughout our country that are taking these steps and, and working on these things. I would encourage uh, you to get in contact with Maggie and Amy, and you can reach either of them through our inbox, which which is? Which is education (laughs) at sourcewell-mn.gov. Thank you so much for being here and sharing what you do to support students each and every day. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we have for this episode of EdSoul, a podcast for educators by educators. If you are loving the show, make sure you share it with a friend. Your personal recommendations are powerful. And if you really love this show, we would love it if you could rate and review us within your preferred podcast app. Your ratings and reviews will help other people discover the show and benefit from these great strategies as well. Check out our show notes for a recap of this episode and a list of resources mentioned or referenced. If you're a social media type, connect with us on Facebook. Search Education Solutions Educators Group and request to join. If you're an e-newsletter type, you should subscribe to our Education e-newsletter by emailing us at education at sourcewell-mn.gov. The e-newsletter goes out monthly and includes updates and events for our local educators. Special thanks to our Sourcewell Education Solutions office support team and multimedia for your production support. This podcast is brought to you by Sourcewell. Sourcewell is one of nine service cooperatives in Minnesota. We are a self-sustaining government organization that partners with schools, local government, and nonprofits to boost student and community success. Learn more at mn.sourcewell.org.